You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. And we're back with another Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Sounds a little different this time. Yeah, that's uh, awful. Because our normal host decides to take a vacation. As normal, you know, we can't ever get him to commit fully. So he always just pops in when he wants and comes when he wants. So we're doing it without him. Oh, wow. Gary, I can't believe you said it like that. We're, he's, he's definitely going to be missed. No, he's not. Y- yes, he is. Zero percent missed. He missed <laughs> it on purpose. I blame him. He knows. Gary, you just hard on him, man. As I should be. Somebody has to. Yeah. What What do we have for today? Uh, well, I know you had uh, one thing you wanted to talk about. You wanted about football wise. You had uh, do. something you I wanted do. to bring up, and then you had a question you had that I don't really know what in relation it was dealing with. So I need you to clarify that question that you had as well. Okay. All right. Let's Let's kick it off with football. I mean, I feel like that's the best way to kick this off. Um, And I want to kick it off by saying, what is the best division in the National Football League right now that you would say? The best division? The best division. AFC East, AFC West. AFC North. AFC North. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm... I'm assuming you're a little biased, but I want to hear why you say AFC North. Well, um, I, I'm not biased. It's it's just because the best team in the division is Baltimore. It's not even close. Okay. They've manhandled teams. Um, Cleveland's winning with backup quarterback somehow and without their best running back. So their defense is really carrying them. Now, can that continue? I don't know. Then you have Pittsburgh, who is the only team I believe in history to never to score, like never score touchdowns and not have a 400 yards of total offense and like a whole season and still have a winning record, because again that defense plays out of their mind. They can't they can't get out of their own way on offense. And then you have Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, Joe, Joe, Jamar Chase, and all those guys. They're just now starting to click. Every team has a winning record. Every team could have a chance to keep winning and, and do well. They're going they're going to beat up on each other. But they're the—I think they're the only league that, only division that every team has a winning record. Okay, who would you say is the weakest division in the NFL? The weakest? Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's easy too. That happens to be so. It just happens to be the two, the strongest and the weakest are two divisions that I played in and you played in, uh, respectively. So I would say it is the NFC South. Okay. That is the worst division in by far. Like you could say AFC South's up there, but I think Jaguars lead that AFC South division, and they're so much better than all the other teams in the NFC South. There's not a good team in the NFC South. They're just fighting for relevancy, and I think the best team in that division is going to be the New Orleans Saints, which is what I predicted at the beginning of the year, that the Saints are going to win that division. But – no team in that you can't. There's not a team in there that you're really gonna pick to win games against a good team in the league. So I think they are by far the worst. But like if you say if you had the AFC North, 
you can basically you you may pick them over every team in the NFC South in a game. I think every one of those teams would be picked or favored to win versus every team in the NFC South. And just to give everybody a heads up, uh, the the Ravens are seven and two in that division. The Steelers are five and three. The Browns are five and three, and the Bengals are four and three. Um, I don't agree with you on that being the best division in football. I absolutely disagree with you. And the reason why I disagree with you is because if you look at the AFC West, you look at the Chiefs at seven and two, you look at the Raiders four and five, you look at the Chargers three and four, and the Broncos three and five, as bad as the Broncos have played this year, as bad as the Broncos have played this year, I think that's the most competitive division in football only because the Chiefs and what they have been able to accomplish in the last few years. But so how can you, you not say Chiefs. that about Baltimore, though? Baltimore's been dominating the last few years. The Baltimore, Baltimore hadn't won any championships. They, that no, dominance correct. has not come with any championship rings. It hadn't came with any postseason but, awards. But All it has team, come with is regular season wins but, like the Cowboys. But every team in that division constantly gets in the playoffs. You're going to get one, maybe two teams from the AFC West make the playoffs. Maybe you'd get them. Every team from the AFC North has made the playoffs in recent years. Recent years, AFC West has only had two, the Chiefs and the Chargers. That is it. You haven't seen the Broncos in the playoffs. You ain't seen the Raiders in the playoffs. But you've seen the Browns. You've seen the Steelers. You've seen the Bengals. And you've seen the the Ravens. All four teams within the last four years have all been in there. And three of those teams, or two of those teams, have been to the AFC Championship. Gary, if that's if we're going to go by that notion, then we can talk about the NFC South. The NFC South, for a stretch there for a while, had all four teams in the playoffs. Now, well, all four teams. And now the their team. The now all the teams years. are terrible. Yeah, yeah. We're going by. <laughs> we're going by. We're going based off what you said, Gary. Based off what you said. If we look at the last four, five, or six years, you just said that about the Chiefs. You said the Chiefs are what they've done recently is their reasoning why you would put that division up there. Right, but here's I'm using the the same argument. Here's 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 the thing about that AFC North that I have a problem with, Gary. I understand how good Baltimore can be. I've seen some things in Lamar Jackson that I don't necessarily like. Uh, He is the quarterback. I mean, he might even be leading the MVP race. But now, after you look at the Ravens, you have the Steelers. They're sitting at five and three. We have no idea how the hell the Steelers. (laughs) Are five and three. They are probably one of the luckiest five and three teams to ever be a five and three team. We look at the Browns. I have no idea how the Browns are continuing to win the football games that they are continuing to win because they don't have the offense that they strutted out with the start of the season because they had some injuries uh, on that offensive side. And then you look at the Bengals. The Bengals we knew was going to underperform this year. That was one of the quarterbacks that I chose coming into this season as one of those that was going to digress, and he did exactly what and I said. He's starting to turn it around, though. I, we, hey, 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 turning it around. It's easy to turn it around when you're at the very bottom. Correct. Game. I agree. It's easy to turn that around. So when you when you talk about this division and you talk about this being the strongest division – I didn't say the luckiest division because there's some luck that has played a lot of part in the AFC North um, holding this badge that you feel as if 
it's the best division in football, which is it's not. I've told you, it's the Kansas City Chiefs and that division uh, because Kansas of what they Chiefs just lost to the Broncos. They what? They just lost to the Broncos. Bro, I just the Broncos in their division. I the Broncos are bad. I I understand everything that you say, but you know that when you play divisional games, the records go out the window. Those games count twice. They count in your division and they count against your record. So people in your division are going to play you harder than people out of your division. So with that being said, I'm going to say that the AFC West is the most competitive division in the NFL right now. Now, here's where it bothers me at, because I think the worst division in football is the AFC South. I can't believe you didn't say the AFC South as the worst division. I understand that the NFC South, they're limping. We don't have many quarterbacks that you can depend on in the NFC South. There's a lot of question marks there on who's going to come out of that division and uh, when they're going to come out that division. But if you look at the AFC South, Gary, the Jaguars, 6-2. and two. Well, so just do this. Just do this. Okay. So you tell me, are the Saints going to be favorite? Are the Saints, Falcons, or Bucks, or Panthers, if they were facing the Jaguars, are you going to pick any of them to beat the Jaguars? It's not that I'm picking them to beat the Jaguars, Gary. I'm saying at any point in time, any team from the NFC South can beat one of those teams in that division at any given time because the AFC South isn't strong. Now, you know damn well, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Gary, you tell me why the hell are they leading that division. You tell, six me. And two? you tell me why they're leading that division. When have the Jaguars games? ever been good enough, other than that one year that they almost went to the Super Bowl when they had Jalen Ramsey? Other than that, when have the Jaguars ever been relevant? When they had Mark always, It has always Tina been. McCardell, Jimmy Smith. It has always been the Colts and the Titans in that division that usually come out of that division on top. And for you to say um, that that's a strong division right now, the Colts are four and five, Mm -hmm. and the Tennessee Titans are three and five. I'm going to go on the limb and say one of them wins that division. It won't be the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll I'll take that. I'll put five on that. I'm telling you that it's going to be the Colts or the Titans that come out of that division as the division leaders because you have so much confidence in those damn Jacksonville Jaguars. I will give you all three teams. I'll take the Jaguars for $5. Okay. All right. Man. You know know who Jacksonville got next week, right? Still. Still. I'll take Jaguars. Okay. Well, they got my 49ers. I'm just letting you know. They've been reeling lately. I didn't know if you wanted to bring them up. Yeah, we don't. We, we three now straight. We're gonna, huh? go back to, we're gonna go back to each division, Gary. And <laughs> I want you to tell me who your division best is, and I'll give you records and times. So we got the AFC East. We got Dolphins, Bills, Jets, Patriots. I think the Dolphins are the best in that division. At six and three, they sit. You're yeah, telling think, me that the Dolphins I think they're better, are than, better than the Bills. You think mm-hmm. they're better than Buffalo? I do. I don't think I don't think the Dolphins defense. I know is Buffalo as as beat Buffalo beat uh, Miami earlier this year, but I think Miami's the better team. Okay. Do you think the Jets and the Patriots, as the cellar dwellers in that division, you think would they have what it takes to beat other cellar dwellers in other divisions? I think because we're going to talk do. about that. I think the Jets do. I don't think the Patriots do. The Patriots are bad. Um, the Jets, uh, honestly. 
Aaron Rodgers is coming back this year. I have a feeling he's going to come back, especially if the team's close. I could see him making a comeback. And I don't know if you know this, but the Jets' defense, they're they're allowing four yards a play by really? closing offenses. That's outrageously good. <laughs> That's they're they're allowing four yards per play total. So how the hell are they losing football games? They can't yeah, score an offense. No, uh, <laughs> they have Zach Wilson. They can't score. Okay, they I'm, have to win by their defense. I'm gonna say Bills is the best team in that division, uh, only because of what they held on defense. And I I'm not necessarily a fan of their quarterback and that their offense, but it's hard for me to turn away from Diggs. I think Diggs yeah. doing he has that team going over there. I know that you know they've been kind of reeling as of late in terms of you know them losing football games, but I still think they have what it takes to come out on top of that division. So I'm pretty sure that the Bills will win that division and the Dolphins will end up getting a, a, a wild card spot. All right. So we're going to the AFC North. Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Bengals. You said most com- most competitive division in football. I don't see it. I don't even I, think it's – I think Baltimore's by I, I think the best I, It's not close. It is Baltimore. I think 100%. it's – honestly, I think it's Baltimore followed by Cincy. I know Cincy's in the bottom right now, but – they have the best team. They're the best quarterback in the division. What? Uh, yeah. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in that division. The team plays better with Lamar, and uh, and they can do more. But Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in that division. But I think they're the second best team. I think Baltimore is the best all-around team. They're good on offense. They're good on defense. Since he's not a great defense, offense I'm is hit or miss at times. If that's what you say, that's what you say. I'm, and I'm the worst team in that division is the Steelers. I, I'm I'm telling you right now, Gary, as we sit here and have this conversation, that the best quarterback in that division is by far Lamar Jackson. He may win the MVP again this year because they're playing that well as a team and him leading that offense, Gary. So I hope I, he does. I, when you little, when babe. you talk about quarterbacks, when you talk about quarterbacks and the Lamar Jackson conversation come in, do you exclude him or not give him his praise because he doesn't throw the ball like Joe Burrow or because he doesn't throw the ball like Kenny Pickett? Like, what what's your reasonings for him not being that best quarterback when they clearly have the best team and they clearly have the best record? and leading that division, but yet you're going to tell me that the best quarterback is on the worst team in that division? Make it make sense, Gary. Because I think that Joe Burrow at any time could lead you down and win the game by relying on throwing the ball. If you had to throw the ball to win the game, I don't think Lamar can get you that win. Like if you needed that big drive involved throwing the whole time, you're not going to be able to run the ball. I don't think Lamar can drive you down. I think Joe Burrow is the best of that in that division. I think Lamar's the second best quarterback in the division. I don't even think it's close. And I'd say it's an, you can still have the argument of Lamar and Bro. Yes, Lamar's a much better athlete. He he's more multidimensional. He can do both. He can throw the ball. But if I had to put the ball to win the game, drive down the field, and you're only you're going to be able to throw the ball a two minute drill. There's not going to be runs. I am going with Joe Burrow. Okay. I you know I respect your decision, but I'm just letting you know with the offense that they've created in Baltimore around Lamar Jackson. I don't think that there's another quarterback that's more involved in their offense. I'm, oh, I and, agree. 
and 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 I can't believe you're saying that. But they rely a lot on the run. And if I, if, if I, Joe I, Burrow you know, was to go down, the Cincinnati Bengals are still the Cincinnati Bengals. If Lamar Jackson goes down, that entire Baltimore offense and that entire Baltimore staff is in trouble because that entire that entire team goes through Lamar Jackson. So the fact that you would say he's the yeah, second so best quarterback. So Cincy, if Cincy, if Joe Burrow goes down, they don't have another chance. They may not win another game the rest they of the They didn't year. have a chance when they had Joe Burrow. That's what I'm saying. You do realize we're talking about the team that's I'm, I'm dead last you, in their division. I'll bet we're talking you about a team that's dead last in their division. I'll, I'll pick, put another $5 bet. I bet they finish second in the division. <laughs> you can and you get, I, I, you get Steelers and you get and you can get the Browns. You get both. I, I almost want to make that bet. I, I'm gonna make five. that bet. We'll make that five dollar bet. Five. We'll make that five dollar bet. We'll make that five dollar bet. Write these down so I don't forget. Yeah, we'll go to the AFC South. We got the Jaguars sitting on top at six and two. We got the the Texans four and four, Colts four and five, Titans three and five. And I said that the Colts or the Titans are going to win that division. I gave you all three, but yes. You gave me all three, but I'm telling you right now, they're going to win that division because at the end of the day, the Jaguars are going to Jaguar. I know that they, they don't have a history of being able to close out and finish tight games. And if you look at their schedule and the things that they have, especially starting next weekend, I don't think they have enough at quarterback. And I know that everybody reels about Trevor Lawrence and everybody's enamored with how he plays the, the the spot, but I don't think he's progressed enough to win those close games, Gary, and those those hard games when the game is on his shoulders. So the same quarterback that you see in Joe Burrow is not the same quarterback in Jacksonville. Oh, I agree. I agree it's not the same, but Travis Etienne is doing a lot for them too. So yeah, but for you have to, to say that they're going to win that division, Gary, with what with little power they have is unbelievable. Well, Titans have Will Levis, a rookie that they don't really trust, or you have mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill. The Colts lost their starter, so they're going with Gardner Minshew, and the Texans have rookie C.J. Stroud. I'll take the Jaguars over the rest of them. Okay, all right. I mean, it sounds like you're taking. The Jaguars because they're the lesser of the evils, but I I don't think that they I I think they lucked up a lot this year to get the six and two record. Um, I I'm gonna tell you, they, they are the Pittsburgh Steelers of the AFC South. We'll see. Yeah, they're the I Pittsburgh Steelers of the AFC South. All right, so the last division is the AFC West, which is the division I think is the strongest. You don't think so. Correct. Uh, with the Chiefs at seven and two, the Raiders at four and five, the Chargers at three and four, and the Broncos at three and five. Let's give David Carr his kudos for leaving the Raiders because they got better when he left. You mean Derek Carr? <laughs> yeah, Derek Carr. They got better when he left. I think they got better when they got rid of Josh McDaniels. So you don't think it has anything to do with the quarterback? I think it's Josh McDaniels. Nobody likes Josh. As you did, you see the report about what came out. They had a team meeting before the last week's game. Now, Grant, these reports could be. They had a team meeting, and all the player leadership went off on on Josh McDaniels to his face in front of everybody about how he coaches and all that kind of stuff. And supposedly he went out the practice that week, and he was a different person. Like he couldn't be the way he was. 
because he knew everybody hated him, and then that's why he ended up getting fired. Oh, wow. And you saw how rejuvenated the team looked and what all I've said once McDaniels gets fired. They've said, oh, they'll run through a wall for the new head coach. Uh, Everybody thinks it was time. It was ready for a change. They just signed this guy to a six-year deal, the head coach. It just goes to show you how much the players hate Again, this is the second time Josh McDaniels has been fired in the middle of a season. It, that's yeah. a, that should tell you he does not deserve a head coaching job. How he keeps getting them blows my mind. Hey, so somebody got to hire these 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 guys that don't know how to the, to coach. But that that's the thing though, Gary. You look at Bill Belichick and the success that Bill Belichick has had uh, with Tom Brady and winning all the Super Bowl rings that he won. There's a lot of players that said that they hate playing for him. But because Tom Brady played there and they won football games, people can handle that type of pressure. Like the 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 resistance of being able to be who you are is okay as long as you win it. But at the moment that you stop winning, Gary, and you're still putting that same amount of pressure on me, then that pressure that's applied is going to break this pipe or make this pipe. And I think that's where it was. So does this show – that maybe the Patriots couldn't have won those games without Brady? Oh, 100%. That Belichick 100%. wasn't like the guru everybody thought? 100%. That it helped having Tom Brady? Because he's not doing nothing with Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, you know we got four more divisions, right? We got to go yeah. to the NFC. Let's go. So we're in the NFC. Uh, I, this is probably the best team in football right now. Uh and the Philadelphia Eagles. So we got eight and one Eagles, five and three Cowboys, four and five Commanders, and the two and seven Giants. I haven't, I haven't seen such a big gap in the division in so long. I, I'm gonna say this is where that biggest gap come from. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are so much better than the other three teams in the division. It's not even close. Like, it's not even close, Gary. Well, they had like, a close game with Dallas. They, um, they had a close game with Dallas, but you're going to have some of those close games. Correct. In, in the I National Football League. Better. Yeah, in the National Football League, teams are determined how good they are by how how they win close games. And, and I, I'm going to give a lot of the credit to, obviously, the players, but the GM – the way he's been able to finagle players from other teams for nothing, they're starting running back. They got for a fourth-round pick from the Lions because the Lions wanted to go draft a, a rookie. And he is – DeAndre Swift is dominating yeah, for Philly. Is. They yeah. gave up nothing for him. like, And then they gave up nothing to get a first-round pick, which turned into a starting deep tackle. One of the top ten players would have been a top three if he wouldn't have gotten that car accident before the draft. He'd have been a number top three pick, but he ended up going 10 to Philly. They just keep fleecing teams. Like the GM knows what he's doing. He's doing a good job of putting great players on that team, and it's all working. And the head coach is doing a good job. The team's being led well. They're doing a great job playing as a team. Okay. All right. So so we both agree that the Eagles is the best team in that division. Mm-hmm. 
how do you how do you see that division finishing out in the NFC East midseason prediction? Cowboys will get two. Commanders will be three. I think Giants. Giants. I believe they think that Daniel Jones just tore his ACL for his first game back. That means Saquon Barkley, take care of yourself, bud, because they're going to run you into the ground, knowing they're not going to sign you to an extension after this year. So yeah. look after yourself, because they're not going to look after you at all. Okay, so this is the most unimportant division in all of football. This division has always been overlooked and is going to continue to be overlooked, and that's the NFC North. That's the Lions at six and two, the Vikings at five and four, the Packers at three and five, and the Bears at two and seven. Gary, there's a lot of people that would say that the NFC North is the worst division in football. First of all, the Lions are at the top of that division. That that all in itself should let you know that it's a down year for that division. You got the Vikings at five and four. Kirk Cousins, he's gone. They don't have a quarterback there. You look at three and five Packers. Love as a quarterback is inconsistent at best. Um, you look at the Bears, two and seven. They don't even have a quarterback. We're still trying to figure out who the hell their quarterback is. So when you look at this division, how do they finish best team in the division? And because I don't think that the Lions finish on top here. I mean, I know a lot of people are enamored with the head coach and people saying that they'll run through a wall for them. It's a it's a new culture over there in the Detroit Lions. At the end of the day, Gary, like I've said this so many times, they're still the Detroit Lions. Man. So my question would be, who do you think is number one then? Who, I, I would, who finishes I would, number one? I, 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 would go with, I, I would go with the Vikings. I mean, after seeing what just, – just, just hear me out. After seeing what Dobbs did today, I mean, what, seeing what Dobbs did yesterday uh, as being the third quarterback to come into the game. He had only been there for a couple of days. He ended up having to go in and win the game for him. So with them potentially finding just a slither of hope, I think that they got enough to upseat the Lions because if you look at the Detroit Lions and how they've been playing, they're very inconsistent with their play. However, they still play good football. I don't I, I don't think it has anything to do with the coach, but I, I don't think they have what it takes to win those tight games, though, Gary down the stretch this late in the season because their offense is not one of those offenses that'll wow you. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see because, like, the Lions, they do have the best team. Um, they have a good, decent defense. They have a good offense. The Vikings, I think everything depends on if Justin Jefferson comes back and when he comes back because that's their offense. If they get Justin Jefferson back and he can click with Dobbs, I could give you maybe the Vikings could give a run for Detroit. I still think Detroit comes up on top, um, but I think the Packers are terrible. You're really seeing the Aaron Rodgers effect of them not having Aaron Rodgers there, and uh, Jordan Love's not the answer. And then the Bears, Justin Fields. I I think they're going to draft a quarterback next year, the Bears, and move on from Fields. He was supposed to be a true test this year. And he can't even stay. He's not healthy to be able to prove it. They're not winning. I don't. I don't foresee. I don't foresee them riding with him unless he comes back and they sprout off a bunch of wins. Other than that, I think they move on from him and he. They had draft a new quarterback next year. They're going to have two in the top five. So, Gary, how do you fix Chicago? How do you fix them? Like, is it the quarterback problem? I mean, I know they got a lot of 
I got a, they got a lot of problems. Yeah, well, the saying, problem is like, they let their best players walk. Yeah, like they always let their best players walk. Like now, I'll give them credit. They paid, they traded for uh, Montez Sweat and paid him, so they paid for a D end. Uh, you got to find a quarterback that you can trust and help lead the team. Because I think you have players. You have Darnell Mooney. You have DJ Moore. You have Cole Komet. You have those players. You have a three-headed running back room if they can stay healthy, that is. Again, everybody keeps getting hurt running back-wise for them. Their defense is just all right. They're not amazing, but they got rid of some of their best players, so that makes sense why they're not amazing. Um, but they they made that big trade. But I think it start, it's going to start with the quarterback. Like, you got to have a quarterback to win games. It's not the Trent Dilfer years of Baltimore Ravens anymore. you got to have a quarterback that's capable of winning you games. And if they can't do that, you're not going to be a good team. Okay. Because, I, I, I mean, what I saw from Minnesota yesterday, it looked like they played. I mean, granted, they won, you know, 31-28, and it was a close one. But to see them come back and, the, and they the felt inspi- inspired. Josh yeah. Dobbs, I think jo- they fed off of Josh Dobbs' energy. Josh Dobbs' energy. Yeah, like it's with all quarterbacks healthy next week. Who's your starting quarterback in Minnesota? Dobbs, I think you have to. And then Jaron Hall, uh, the young, the youngster, is going to be. So the you're telling me that, that Josh Josh did enough to be the quarterback there because yes. let's 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 make sure we understand this that first touchdown catch was all the wide receiver correct. had nothing to do correct with the throw that he made now granted <laughs> Dobbs is the reason why they was in the situation they was in from the beginning the two fumbles um so he didn't have a a great game so you're telling me he did enough because he came back and won a game that he almost lost you're mm-hmm. telling me that he's now the starting quarterback there. Yeah, because he's he also beat Dallas this year with an Arizona team. So Okay. All right. Fair enough. So and you next, traded for him. So you want him to be the guy. So the next division, Gary, is obviously the division that you say is the worst division in football. By far. Yeah, it would be the NFC South. We got the Saints at five and four. Uh with uh a rejuvenance and um uh, what's the quarterback's name? Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Then you have the Falcons at four and five. Um, we don't know who the quarterback is. Is I mean that two-headed monster that they're they're using over there. We got to figure that situation out. We got three and five Buccaneers, and we got the one and seven Panthers. Obviously, we know that the Panthers is dead last in 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 all of the NFL. Uh, in terms of how they've been playing. Mm, um, I don't know. The Arizona's pretty bad, too. Dude, Arizona beat Dallas. True. But. Arizona beat Dallas. The Panthers beat Chicago. That is true. So I'm I'm telling you, just based off of the win that they do have, I'm going with uh, Arizona's win being a little bit stronger than Car- Carolina's win. Okay. That's the only reason why I said that. So... We look at who finished first in that division, Gary, and who's the best team in that division. Uh, Saints are going to finish first. Uh, I actually think they're the best team. They have the most talent on the team, and they're doing the best as a coach. I think Atlanta has the chance to be the best team, but their head coach keeps getting in their way. You drafted Bijan Robinson to be the guy, and he's not your backup running backs getting more touches than him. So either you are wrong in drafting him that early and he's not ready 
or you're just stupid by not giving him the opportunity to show what he can do. Because when he's in there, he makes plays. But for some reason, he keeps getting outcarried by the backup. So I don't understand the rationale or the reasoning behind it. He's one of your playmakers. Supposedly, you have, and you're supposed to be a run-first team, but you have another playmaker supposedly in Kyle Pitts, who I was never a fan of them drafting early. I didn't think he was that good of a tight end. Um, uh, and they, their backup tight end gets more catches and yards than the guy that's supposed to be the guy. So it's weird to me how their game plan works. I think Atlanta has the ability to be the best team, but I think the coach gets in the own way of that and it affects the team. And then the Buccaneers, they're lost. They don't have Tom Brady anymore. Baker's not the answer. Uh, I do want to bring up the Bucks. Their last game, they just lost. Um, because, I again, it's the same thing I've said multiple times when we talk about college football games. It annoys me to no end. Defenses sitting in prevent and allowing yourself to get beat. You're so stupid. Play your normal defense. And that's what happened. They set and like they played really far back, gave CJ Stout a chance to throw a ball 15 middle yards over the middle, get up, spike it, and did another same thing. Let them out of the good. That's 30 yards in two plays. Now they're now one more play, and then they set in like a deep cover two. And then they left the, the you don't do that. Like you gotta play better defense. They're just you're playing safe and it costs you games. We see it week in, week out. Teams get a uh, lead and they're afraid to just win the game by playing like they've been playing all all day. But no, you want to sit back and prevent or it's safe and you don't want to blitz, blitz three, rush three guys and do nothing, and then you just get picked apart. Like it's so it's so dumb to me that teams do that. And I'm glad they lost. Because if, if a team's dumb enough to do that, then you deserve to lose. So we obviously see that you're not a huge fan of the Buccaneers. Gear. I just the defense, the way I just don't like I don't like teams that do that. Like I said that before when Colorado was playing the other, like the while back, whoever it was, and the team had Colorado won, and then they just want to sit prevent defense and let them march down the field. It's stupid. They've been blitzing the whole game and you don't do it. That's on you. Like you're you're being dumb because you're afraid to lose the game, and you lost the game anyways. And then you get to the Panthers, they just look bad. Yeah, their team's just bad. So we we've talked about the other divisions. Who's the best quarterback in this division, Gary? Since you you like pointing Derek out, Carr. Who's the, ooh, okay. Now you remember I said earlier that the best thing that he was doing he could do was lead the Raiders, right? Yeah, but that was Josh McDaniels. I truly believe that. Okay. All right. So who finishes first in that division, Gary? Saints. Saints finish first in mm-hmm. that division. Okay. Now, <clears throat> I'm a little biased about this division, the NFC West. Um, we got the 5-3 and three 49ers sitting on top. We got the 5-3 and three Seattle Seahawks, the 3-6 and six Rams. Now, out of all the teams, Gary, the most surprising team in the National Football League to me are the L.A. Rams. I, I wasn't expecting them to perform the way that they've been performing this year because I've always been told defense wins, defense wins championships. And for the last few years, with that Aaron Donald-led defense, they have been tops in the country, in the world, Craig. But this year, they just can't seem to get it right. And then you got the 1-8 and eight Cardinals. Um, 
Who's going to finish first in this division, Gary? And who's the best quarterback in this division? Uh, so the Seahawks are probably going to finish first. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Obviously, the 49ers are the best team in that division. Um, I feel like the Seahawks can't get out of their own way. Um, I, but it's also, they ran into that buzzsaw that is Baltimore. Same thing Detroit did the other day, and they both got embarrassed. Um and you really, I think that's when you really see the flaws of some of the teams that may have five wins. Like you said, of Jacksonville, if they get blown out by 49ers, you're going to see some flaws because that's the thing is when you play a good team and you're, you're considered a good team, but you have a, you have a good record and you don't show up. That's when people start losing credibility in you. Like the lions, everybody thought the lions are really good. And then they got blown out. I mean, destroyed, yeah. manhandled by Baltimore. And that's when you really see Baltimore is this, that elite team. They're an elite team. That's all it is. Um, I do think the Seahawks have talent. I just don't think Geno Smith's the answer there. I think they need a quarterback. Um, the Rams, Stafford didn't play yesterday. Um, so I think everything relies on Stafford playing because if he's playing, they, he gives you a chance to win because he's got Cooper Cup and he's got Puka. Uh, Puka. I don't know how to say his last name. Naku or something. Uh they have he has both those guys that can he can get the ball too. And then once they get their running back back this week from IR, Kyron Williams, they have the ability to win, but you have to have Stafford. If Stafford's not there, you have no chance. The defense is just playing serviceable because you still have Aaron Donald. You're gonna be serviceable, but you're not the elite because they got rid of a lot of their guys because they don't have the they didn't they spent too much money. Bobby Wagner's not there, Jalen Ramsey's gone. So like stuff like that. I think they're still gonna be serviceable. I think they'll finish third. Cardinals are just trash. And I think Kyler Murray is going to come back, but I don't think Kyler Murray is the answer in Arizona either. And they paid them all that money and they're stuck. Okay. So with that being said, Gary. <laughs> oh, and the best quarterback in that division, you're not going to like it. Uh, probably Matt Stafford. Because it work. Yeah, Brock Purdy is he's he's a, he's probably their second best quarterback. But Brock Purdy's again, I think it's a system in 49ers. I because I played in the system. I don't think you need to have a great quarterback for a uh, Kyle Shanahan system. Okay, Gary, I I'm gonna say the 49ers gonna finish on top. Uh, no bias, I agree. Because of that defense uh, and because of what the offense possesses and those weapons and Debo Samuels. Um, and CMC, uh, uh, Brock Purdy hasn't played the best these last three games. Obviously, we're on a three-game losing streak, but we're still playing football, and that's the best part about it. We're we're at the mid-season point or close to it. Uh, that's why I wanted to go through the divisions, Gary. Uh, and I think the best quarterback in that division is Brock Purdy, uh, only because of what he's been able to accomplish in the last two years. Now, when you talked about the other divisions, you kind of gave a little history of the of the divisions and kind of things that happened within the division. So, for you not to use past um, um, Stafford won a Super Bowl within the last three years. Dude, Stafford didn't win that Super Bowl. That defense did. That same Trent Dilfer conversation that we was having earlier about gone are those days. Literally, they just Cooper did Cup that was win. the uh, MVP. That came okay. from Stafford. Okay. All right. And you're going <laughs> to – it had nothing to do with Matthew Stafford because that's the same Matthew the Stafford ball. that played for the Detroit Lions. He had to get him the ball. Okay. 
right. I, I'm not a Stafford fan at all. And uh, I couldn't tell. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan of him at all. Uh, I don't like his playing style because him, Kirk Cousins, um, Matt Ryan, they are all, all the same quarterback, literally all the same quarterback. Uh, and I felt like that, and I, I'm gonna continue to feel like that. But 49ers, the best team in that division, uh, best quarterback is Brock Purdy. They'll finish, um, hopefully, with the first round bye. Uh, if the Eagles lose a few games, <laughs> we Not still got to play the Eagles too, Gary. Still got to play happen. the Eagles. But that that can take me to my my question, my podcast yeah. question of the week, Gary. I've been trying to figure out how to set this up. So do you agree that certain people within an organization can make a organization bad? I'll give you an example. Josh McDaniels. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, this has nothing to do with football. I'm just talking about just in life general. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, if every time you went to a fast food restaurant or establishment, uh, something happens, um, let's just say, you know, Olive Garden, got it. Uh, the ice cream machine is broken. At McDonald's. Um, let's say um, um, they, they they run out of chicken. Like every time things like this happen, and your excuse or your reasonings for not visiting said place is because of the mishaps you've encountered. I'll give you another example, Gary. Like um, police officers. When police officers, uh, certain police officers, maybe the crooked ones, maybe the ones that make these uh, crazy mistakes, um, we all say, hey, you know, or there's a few people that say, hey, I don't like football, I mean, uh, police officers, and people understand why they don't like police officers, so they're okay with it. Same thing with football players. Uh, When they were kneeling, Gary, there was a lot of people that was like, hey, I'm not watching football anymore because these players are kneeling. So Mm -hmm. I do not like football. So if there's an organization, Gary, that you do not like for whatever reason, do you agree that it's okay to boycott them or not support them? So you're saying team, restaurant, don't matter. It, it does not matter. Yes. If there's anything about that organization that you do not like or it's something, um, uh, not necessarily something you don't like, if there's somebody that worked for that organization that does something uh, I'm under that umbrella, that's not necessarily what the company agrees with, but it happens. If it happens enough, is it okay for you to take a stance and say, hey, you know what? I'm not supporting them anymore. Um, I, as a company, I don't think it matters as much. But if like, like if you use McDonald's, for example, and you were talking about the ice cream machine. Well, every ice cream machine never works at McDonald's. So that's a company allows every machine not to work or they allow their employees to cl- say it doesn't work so they don't have to clean it. So they're allowing that to happen. Then, yes, you have that thing. But if it's a one-off person and you was like, a, say it was AT&T or something like that, and one, one person that higher up says something you don't like, 
I don't think you have to boycott AT&T, but if every ice cream, every time you go to McDonald's, the ice cream machine doesn't work, you're like, I'm over McDonald's, I'm not eating it anymore. I think that's com- completely fine because it's let you down so many times. Like, I'll give you same example for me. Like, uh, Olive Garden. Obviously, obviously, you know the history of me and Olive Garden. Yeah. But even before the history of me with Olive Garden, I already had one bad experience at Olive Garden when I went when I was younger, uh, like I think it was maybe in college or whatnot. And we set 45 minutes before we even got a server to come over to even take our drink orders. And I said, I'll never eat at Olive Garden again. And I, and I never did until the day that we had mentioned, Hey, we'll go to Olive Garden before I go to catch my flight when I was in Charlotte visiting. And for one reason or another, we didn't make it to Olive Garden. So since that day, I've still yet to ever go to Olive Garden. So I don't really see myself ever eating Olive Garden again um, because of just two bad experiences with Olive Garden. And that's not like the company. It's just I had bad experiences. I'm over it. And I don't really go to McDonald's because I like McFlurries and I like stuff like that. But I know I'm never going to get it because it's never working. The only other thing I like there at McDonald's other than McFlurry's is their fries. Well, I'm not going to go there and just get uh, fries and a uh, McFlurry because I know the McFlurry's not going to work. So I don't go to McDonald's as much anymore because right. those are my so, main so, things. So how many one-offs do you have? Do you have to have in order for you to be coined? Um, machines always broken um, or like. Could it be, is it two or three? Is it six or seven? Like, no, what's that if, number? If I went to multiple McDonald's, okay? So say I went to three different McDonald's in like a two-week span, and all three of them's like, oh, ice cream machine's down. All right, well, I'm good. I'm over McDonald's then. The fact that three separate locations don't have it fixed. Now, if you go to the same location and you go to it, three times over a three month span. And every time the ice cream machine's not working, that means they also don't care to fix their ice cream machine because it's been broken for three months. So I'm over it too. So I think it depends on like, whether it's the same location or not, how long you would give. Cause like if it was within a week span, I went to three different ones and all three of them were broken at different locations. Now that's a company problem, but they're allowing that to happen. If it's the, if it's one McDonald's, at the same location has been broken for like three months. Now that's that one location. But like, if it's the closest one, I just won't go to McDonald's. I'll go somewhere else. Okay. Cause at that point you lose that craving. So like if it was fast food or even a restaurant or something like that, like at some point you're going to be like, I've already been turned off by this restaurant so many times you start losing taste, even want to go back to that restaurant. Like, I, all right, well I'll just go somewhere else. I don't have any interest because I, all I have is a negative uh, thought when I think of that place. Okay. Do you have any that you don't like any places that you won't go or anything you won't do because of a negative experience? Um, yes. Uh, Taco Bell. Uh, I love Taco Bell. Taco Bell is one of those places that, um, I won't go to because of some experiences that I've had, um, whether it's been personal where it went for straight through me or um I, i've never gotten the order right at taco bell yeah <laughs> taco bell is 
that running for that border, man, I, I, I've never made it work. I've, I've never made it work. I, and I've tried, I, I've, I've tried my best cause it doesn't matter what kind of tacos I order, Gary, what kind of desserts I order from, I've only ordered one thing from Taco Bell and it was a chicken. It was a chicken wrap where it wasn't the actual taco, but it was it was the chicken and then it had the lettuce and everything in the middle of it. And I headed down to Florida when I was at your house, Gary. And I have been looking and searching for that taco ever since because it wasn't necessarily the taco that was amazing. It was the service that came with the tacos because you know you don't really get you get bare minimum at Taco Bell. You get a hey at the window. How may I take your order? They take your order. There's no conversation of how's your day? Thank you. My plate. None of that. It's it's they take your order and they give you your damn food because that's a that's a restaurant that's that's fourth meal. That's what they're used to. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, Gary. I'm not I'm not the only one. So you know how Waffle House has that rap of people knowing how to fight and like crazy stuff going down at Waffle House. Yep. Everybody that I've ever known that drank alcohol after the club has a Taco Bell store. Everybody has a Taco Bell store. That's true. So if I know that everybody has a Taco Bell store, you got to be a different type of person to work at Taco Bell. And if you're that different type of type of person that work at Taco Bell, then you're going to proceed as such. So when you deal with everybody, you're going to deal with everybody like they're drunks or like they're because that's what you're used to dealing with. So that service to me, Gary, is awful. And it's always <laughs> been awful. They've never gotten my order right. I've never been able to just go through. Gary, I have sat in a line of just me waiting on my tacos, bro. And it was just me. There was nobody else in line. It was just me. And I was like, we're short staffed because of COVID. I was like, I understand everything that you're saying, ma'am, but it's just you and me. It's just you and me. <laughs> yeah, no, I see. I have not, I'm fortunate I haven't had that experience at Taco Bell because I do like me some Taco Bell. But I hate when, I think my biggest pet peeve with like restaurants and stuff like that is you find that perfect thing you love on the menu. I mean, like you're just like, oh, I'm getting this. I cannot wait to go back here and get this. And then you go back and it's no longer served. Yes. And it just tears your heart out. And at that point, you're like, well, then I don't need to come back here because I don't want to find something else new. No. I'll give you my prime example of that. It's a restaurant called Cheddar's. Um, first yeah. time I ever had it was in Kentucky. They have it in Orlando. And they had a thing called baked spaghetti. And it was so good. I look forward, anytime I go to Cheddar's, I'll be oh, I can't wait to get that baked spaghetti, baked spaghetti. I believe I had you in, go at one point when we were in Orlando together to go and we went and ate there and they did not have serve baked spaghetti anymore. It took yeah. it off their menu. And I'm like, I have no reason to come back to Cheddar's anymore because I found the best thing on the menu that I liked and then they no longer serve it. So it, that's probably the most frustrating thing. I had the same thing with Taco Bell. I had a thing with Taco Bell. I liked that they used to have all the time. It was my favorite. I don't remember what it was called. But it was so long ago. And then they got rid of it. I'm like, well, now what do I eat? I don't want to try other things. I know this was really good. I know it's good every time I get it. I don't want it to risk something else being terrible. And so it took me a long time to go back to Taco Bell because of that. And that's the most frustrating thing when it comes to like food restaurants and f fast food or even like a restaurant in general.
Well, I, I want to give you a little heads up about me, Gary, and, and, and everybody that's listening. Um, I don't know if this is a guy's thing, uh, and I'm not going to say that it's a guy's thing because I don't want to speak for every guy, but I get a lot of heat, Gary, for going to restaurants and getting the same thing. I, there's certain things that I get at certain restaurants and I do not deviate from said things. And the reason why I don't deviate from said things is because I know what's good there. Why would I press my luck and try something else? Like if I, if I, if I'm, if I'm a McDonald's fan and all I eat is the McDonald's fries and I go there and somebody say, Hey man, what's good? I don't know. I order the fries. I know that the fries are good and you decide to order something else and you say that it's gross, I didn't tell you to order that. I didn't, I, I, I can't vouch for other things that are on the menu that I've never tried. I can only vouch for the things that I've tried consistently and consistently this has been great. This has been good. So this is tried, this is tested. We have history, me and this food that I'm now eating. Um, but if I don't have a history with it, I can't speak for it. So when you ask me, hey, have you ever tried this? No, what do you mean? You eat here all the time and you hadn't tried this? No, I eat here all the time and it's the same thing. I'm not eating anything different because I don't want to not like this restaurant because I like it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think once you find something, like there's nothing wrong with trying multiple different times at different things, but once you find that one for you, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like I said with Cheddar's, mine was that baked spaghetti. I tried multiple other things and tried, but nothing lived up to that baked spaghetti. So, like, I have no interest going back to Cheddar's. Why would you do that to your taste buds, Gary? Why, why would you? Exactly. I you, found what you, I liked. You, you tell me, why would you jump out there and expose your taste buds to other foods in a restaurant that you know that, hey, the burgers and fries are A1. This is the best thing that they sell. If you're getting the best thing that they sell, then anything other than that is less than their best. Yeah. So I why agree. even try anything else? Well, I'm that? saying that until you find what you want. Like that's the thing is you can go out there and try multiple different things until you find that thing you want. But like for me, like I do get bored at times. Like like obviously I don't get cheddar's lot because there's not one around. But like if we was like say you would say Burger King or we go to Waffle House or we go to a restaurant in general that's more of a chain that's around everywhere so like you have fridays or chilies or something like that i will probably venture off and try different things because like i might eat at this restaurant quite a bit and i might may get bored of eating that same thing over or want to try something different or they get something new on the menu and i'm like oh well, that looks good let me try it well if i try it and it's not good well okay well i'll get to my next thing again i'll go back to my old thing again just to try, because sometimes I'm I don't want the same thing, especially like fast food. Like sometimes I don't want a burger, so like if I might get a chicken sandwich from a place, or maybe I so like you might mix it up in that aspect when it comes to like a fast food type place. But like I'm not gonna go to Five Guys like oh I don't want to I don't want a hamburger. I wouldn't go to Five Guys if that was the case. Yeah, like well, you also got to know where you're at. Now I do get me the hot dog and I get a burger, so I get both at Five Guys. It just now costs forty seven dollars for a large fry of hot dog and a hamburger. So I don't eat there very much. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I feel when I go Inflation's got me. Yeah, you got 47 people you got to feed. I have just me. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. What, what you got for us, Gary? I don't got nothing. I, I, you, I knew you were going to be ready. You always are prepared for talking. <laughs> you love your talking. 
And we've already gone for 55 minutes. So we can wrap it up here, save it up for next week. Maybe time will show up. Maybe not. Maybe, he, he, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. He. he oh, he oh I got a question. I want to ask you real quick. Yeah. How was Halloween with the kids? It was it was great. So, um, and you may know the answer to this. She went as the girl from the ring. What's her name? Samara. Yes. She told me her name, and I go, "How do you know her name?" She was like, "I." So she went as Samara. Um, Raina went as Wednesday. I love that. Uh, DJ went as a Pokemon. Um, Hated it. Yeah. One <laughs> of the Pokemon battle. Yep. Uh, what what is it? Pokemon trainer? trainer, but he looked just like the Pokemon trainer. So this it, was crazy. Yes. And then uh, Decker was Iron Man. Hated it. What? So okay, I, I got I, I brought this up to my buddies uh, talking on the game, and they they said this won't be true with me. May or may not be true. We'll see whenever I have kids. But uh, I think I'm gonna be this way. Um, I like to think I'm gonna be this way. Maybe a lot of hate for this, but I don't care. I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, I just, my nephews, they were a police officer and Harry Potter. One of them was Harry Potter just because the girl that he likes told him to be Harry Potter because she was going to be Hermione. First red flag, hated it. Um, (laughs) That he's already allowing a girl to influence him. Um, I told my brother, I said, I hate both their costumes. The reason why I said I don't like your costumes of... Uh, DJ and Decker is because Halloween I think should be scary because I'm a horror guy. My kids they're gonna be scary costumes or they're not gonna be dressing up. You can pick or choose. You're gonna there's not gonna be a choice in that matter. You can pick what you want as long as it's scary. You can even yeah. you can be a Pokemon trainer, but it's gonna be a zombie Pokemon trainer. Look, look, you can yeah. be zombie Iron Man. Yeah. I'm good with that. Look, I'm gonna tell you <laughs> what came out of him dressing up as a Pokemon trainer. I've never sat down with DJ and watched uh, Pokemon with him. As a result of him going as a Pokemon trainer this year, like he's obviously taking Pokemon serious. Mm -hmm. I sat down and tried to watch an episode with him, Gary. I have no idea what the hell I watched. (laughs) I have no clue in hell what I watched. Well, first of all, it was like watching those old Kung Fu movies. None of the words match up to when they talk. Because it's all it's all anime and it's all like another language and I guess they just kind of dub over. So it gives you that old kung fu movie effect when they when they talk and the words don't add up. Not only that, Gary, I th- I didn't know if this was like a like a you know back in the days when you watch movies there was always like a reference to it like when you watch Zootopia. They say that, you know, it's a hidden meaning and stuff like that. I, I'm i not so sure this is not the same thing. <laughs> like, you could you could go in and you could literally, like, you could catch animals where it, you're caging animals and they're now you're, to do your bidding or do your fighting for you. It's a weird concept. It's a really weird concept. And it's a concept that has taken off and has gone, like, absolutely ape shit and i'm trying to figure out how and if you can help me understand this that that would be great it's just a uh entertaining 
Uh, it was nothing entertaining kids, about it, Gary. It is for it kids. It was though. nothing entertaining about it, it. But it also has the collectible card aspect that kids get into. And obviously, I collect cards, too. I have them. So I don't watch the show. I did watch them growing up. I was more of a Yu-Gi-Oh fan growing up versus Pokemon. But I did collect the cards of Pokemon younger, too. But um, I think it's just more of a, it's an entertaining aspect because there's always a battle. You'll, and then you got weird creatures that are battling which are called Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or monsters. So like you have weird things battling and I don't think if there's any storyline that you're trying to follow as a kid, it's more just the action and then the weird uh, characters and that, Hey, you can be a Pokemon trainer too by getting these cards and then you can own the, the monsters as well or the Pokemon as well. And so it's like a good marketing ploy by tying the shows with the cards and then you had the video games where they can actually create their own character that looks like them and go and collect their own monsters in battle so it's a whole dynamic and it's a very uh, very big game worldwide it's not just in the u.s it's huge all over the world that's why pokemon go people still are out playing pokemon go and catching pokemon on there every day when they walk to work or bike to work or drive they go to parks and they have pokemon days like it's a huge aspect unbelievable Just but unbelievable. but like i'm a big like i like i was saying the i think if he was a zombie trainer i'd have been fine with that i don't i don't I'm, i you gotta i i think halloween's all about scary i love the aspect that samara and wednesday were chosen and I do like that um, Raina actually asked me what she wanted me to be, whether it be Wednesday or Beetlejuice. I originally gave her Beetlejuice first, but I was told the costume wouldn't get in time. So I understand. Wednesday yeah. works too. That was the two choices I wanted for her because I think she can basically pull off both those characters. By by just knowing Raina's demeanor, she can literally be both those characters. So I thought yeah. it was perfect. What, what I found was crazy is that that Wednesday – um, what is her name? Jennifer Otega? Is that yes. her name? Yeah. The coat nostalgia, like Wednesday has the potential to be bigger than friends, Gary. Like it's huge. I, I don't think you understand. I don't know bigger than friends, but yes. Dude, y- y- here's the difference though, Gary. Here's the difference. I don't think that the way that the algorithm is now and how we view things from uh, social to streaming services to cable. There's a million different avenues to watch a million different things. And most of the time it's free because of the avenues in which we go through to possess certain things. Back in the days when friends were out, it was only one avenue to view such things. And I was going to the store and I was buying either the DVD set or buying a VCR set or buying something other than a streaming service to watch it. That's why the memorabilia friend stuff is flying off the shelf or has flown off the shelf. And they've had so much success because they was able to capitalize off of it. Very similar to The Walking Dead and other things right before like things have taken off. I, I, I'm saying that Wednesday, if they do this right, could be the biggest series ever to hit TV because of you could you could have 76 seasons, Gary, and it not get it not get um, boring because it it's all how Wednesday responds to her environment. Yeah. 
No, it's definitely good. It, it won't last that long, obviously, because Jenna Ortega is going to get older, and they're not going to yeah. be able to pull off that. But yes, it's a very intriguing aspect. I love the show. I thought the show was good. I like the character. Um, I think it is a really good show. Um, I'm looking forward to season two, and I think she pulls off the Wednesday character perfect, which is why I like the fact that Reina, because I think Reina can pull that. And I, I think Raya pulls off Samara well because she's got the hair for it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I honestly think Raya could be a really good Pennywise as well. Yeah. She's got nah. the lanky legs that Pennywise nah. has, and, nah. and now could she, she doesn't be, have the personality for it, but she has the look for it. Is what I'm saying, like the body yeah. style. I but I think Pennywise it. is more personality, correct? Than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What did you go as Halloween, Gary? I didn't go as anything. Like, if you in your heart of hearts, if you could, if you could choose any costume, and 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 we'll end the podcast here. If you could choose any costume for Halloween. To be the scariest costume that Gary can come up with, what costume would it be and why? Hmm. The scariest costume that I could be. Hmm. Yes. Like, what would you consider to be the scariest costume? Um, I mean, it could be with the times. It could be. See, I don't even think it's more of like, like you said, I think there's more of a personality to the costume. So like, like if I say I was Michael Myers, I truly believe I could pull off with the the creepiness of his movements and the silentness of it, where it would really bother people. Because like mm. all you, the thing is, all you have to do is though your mannerisms what makes that. If if, you're, if you were being that character, so I think a lot of it depicts on like how you are as a person. Like if they if you could uh, fill in that character, like if you could be put yourself into that role. I think can make okay. it more, more menacing because, like, if I'm he, I'm a big guy, I'm six six. That's like I'm tired of everybody. So if you're coming in there and you don't make and people are asking you questions and talking to you and you don't respond one time, you just always look and you never give a response. People are going to be super creeped out because for one, they're not going to know who you are, right? And then for two, you're not talking. All you're doing is breathing, and then they have no idea. It's like that whole. F- that whole paranoia aspect because they're not going to know who you are, what you're doing. They don't know why you're doing it. And then people get freaked. And I think that's probably the scarier aspect of it versus the way somebody looks because like you can look amazing and look scary, but like people may not be as scared because when you talk, Oh, okay. I know who it is. I'm not worried. It's, it looks awesome. It looks scary, but like it's whatever. But if you have a costume where people don't know who you are and you live that character for that moment, I think that is what scares people the most and what is the most scary aspect of it. You can be Jason Voorhees, any of the people that don't speak, I think that plays a more. Like I do, I think you, now you're a little short for it, but I think you could pull off Candyman. Gary. I just think you're too short for Candyman. Gary, we've had this conversation. The I can pull off the Predator. It, it'd be easy. Yeah, uh, yes, play by black that. guy. I wouldn't really but it's have not, to. But but the thing is, I don't think people would be scared of Predator. That's the thing. I'm trying to think of what they would be scared of. Like if you okay. were Candyman, you were pulling in Candyman, and you're like, "Hey, go to the bathroom, say my name three times with the lights off." Like that's gonna freak people out if you're really playing into that character. Predator, as soon as they hear you talk, they're good. Like, but if you're able to enmesh yourself into the character, that's when it's yeah. that's when it's good. I think those are the best costumes. I I'm 
Let me see. I would say that the scariest costume uh, that would probably spark a lot of interest and and really would be Billy the Kid um, from uh, the Saw series. Yeah, you're the right size. And we're going to end the podcast. <laughs> now, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. I mean, this morning on the Cinnamon Sugar Podcast. Oh, we hope you enjoy man. your Monday. It's a great day to be back at work. It's going to, we're going to have an awesome day today. We're sending you positive energy because Gary's being super negative right now because Hyde has nothing to do with Billy He's the Kid. He's a puppet. Billy he Kid is. is a puppet. He's small. But you knew when you Stature. saw that puppet, it was time to play the game, Gary. Correct. And playing the game mostly resulted in death. Yes. So, how is that not scary? Because you are going to be, you're responsible for your own death. Like, well, it's like, you didn't actually kill people. You well, it's the same thing yourself. as like, I've never understood why people are terrified of Chucky or the leprechaun. I'm going to kick that little thing. Like, you're, I'm sorry. Like, that, I'll step on Chucky. Like, I'm not scared of Chucky. I'm sorry. Like, it's the same thing with Gage from uh, Pet Cemetery. The little kid that comes back after he gets buried in the thing and comes back. Spoiler alert for the 1980s movie if you haven't seen it. But Gage, I'm gonna kick the little kid. Like I'm not. You're not gonna kill me. I'm sorry. Hold up, you'll <laughs> kick a zombie kid, bro. Yes, I kick his head right off. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, that's what bothers. It's so funny when I watch horror movies because like people like like I said like Chucky. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna be killed by a little killer doll. <laughs> this is not gonna happen. He's gonna have to sneak up on me. But if I see that thing coming, there's no chance he's gonna kill me. <laughs> I, I just don't. I don't. It's just not gonna happen. Uh, before this podcast get more off the rails, we gonna end it right there. <laughs> That's just a true statement. He though. said, "I'll kick a zombie kid." <laughs> right. You gotta survive, right? Like Walking Dead over here. Oh God. But we want to thank y'all for joining us. Uh, seriously, um, I I'm gonna stop us right there. Well, if you're interested, Gary's... well, if you're interested in seeing anything spooky, maybe spooky, maybe not. I don't know. Go check out. We did an investigation at Waverly uh, yeah. Institute uh, in Louisville, San- Waverly Sanatorium. It's on our YouTube on Skeptic, our Skeptic YouTube. You can go to CNS Network on our YouTube, check it out, and you can see if you want to watch us doing a ghost investigation. Feel free yeah. to let us know what we can do to get better because it's we do this with fun. So absolutely appreciate Thank you guys it. For See you all next week. Us. We out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage.